0: Just you humming that <laughs> makes me feel such a way. It wasn't a hum. It was a yeah. It was a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Williams. I mean, guys, our childhood? Uh, everything about this is our childhood. Am I wrong? <laughs> you got, are not wrong. You got Ron Williams got John Williams. Hey, Williams duo. <laughs> you got Spielberg. I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, really. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we don't want to grow up. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1991 Spielberg classic, Hook. Welcome to my second choice for birthday month. It's going to be a much lighter week than it was last week. I mean, yeah, Ross is Ross is not going to scream nearly as much. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've already blocked it from your memory. We didn't. We didn't do a movie last week. <laughs> we skipped the week. You know, like it happens. It happens to the best of us, you know. Sometimes you just lose a week. Yeah. Before we get started, guys, don't forget to go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show, leave suggestions, ask questions at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, if you haven't shared an episode you like with someone you like or left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please go do that. Please. And don't forget to check out all of our podcast recommendations and important information links in the show notes Sniffed today. Sift through that info. It's... We, we want to see some love spread around. Alright, you ready to fly? absa flog Huck. Huck.
1: Huck. Huck. Oh my God. The children. Maggie! Maggie! the stories are true he's come back to seek his revenge only you can save your children you must make yourself remember remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? have to fly have to fight have to crow have to save Maggie have to save Jack We going to never never let me.
0: Today's subject covers, you know, a huge part of everyone's childhood, you know what I'm saying? Peter Pan is one of the oldest and most beloved stories in our lexicons. Peter Pan first came to realization with the uh, 1901 staging of it uh, by Sir James Barry, British playwright. He's actually Scottish. Um, Scotland! <laughs> Land of the free, home of the brave. Playwright, author, possible creep. If you've seen Finding Neverland, you know the story of how J.M. Barry befriended the Llewellyn Davies boys and kind of came up with the inspiration for this story about this little boy who never ever wants to grow up and lives in this... Timeless fantasy land, and is taking children, just kidnapping them and taking them into space. <laughs> no, yes, that's the long and short of it. I, I agree with that assessment. I mean, Peter Pan went from a play to being a novel to being a musical <laughs> to being a complex to being a Disney movie to be, yes, to being a complex <laughs> to being Hook to being Finding Neverland. <laughs> so this is this story has had a really great hundred twenty year legacy. This movie does a really fantastic job of weaving a reimagining of the classic Peter Pan tale with well-placed references to the original play and novel, all of the source material. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Steven. If you watch film, you know who Steven Spielberg is. Jaws. Close Encounters. Raiders of the Lost Ark. E.T. Jurassic park the color purple schindler's list amistad saving private ryan he's a big part of your film watching (laughs) lexicon like he he's the he's one of the highest grossing film directors of all time it's the kind of thing that makes you mad it is (laughs) it is (laughs) all right guys we got names Well, boy do we here we go we've got guys please welcome back once again Robin Williams. Oh, can we have a small moment of silence? Absolutely. Tomorrow's gonna be a sad day. Tomorrow marks the sixth anniversary of Robin Williams' death. Oh, I can't believe it's been that long. I can't believe it's been six years, and like I can't believe it still affects me the way it does. I cried today. Oh, I honestly, really? yeah, I did. Just like booting up the movie to watch it. Mm-hmm. Pour one out for Robin tomorrow, guys. All right, let's move on. Let's move on with the names. We have Julia Roberts. Oh, my God. The female George Clooney, as we said. It's so true. I'm so sorry. You know her from things like Aaron Broncovich, Steel Magnolias. I almost said the blind side, but that's Sandra Bullock. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty woman. Oceans, whatever the hell. Yeah, all the oceans and 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, and 16s. (laughs) This is her second kicking and streaming appearance. She was in Valentine's Day. She was in Valentine's Day. She played Lady on the Plane. (laughs) Lady on the Plane. She's in that movie Mystic Pizza from 1988. (laughs) We should do that. That's so random. Can we all forget about Notting Hill? (laughs) Dustin Hoffman. He's in The Holiday. You're right. He is in The Holiday. This would make his second kicking and streaming appearance. Technically He's also in Finding Neverland. Yeah, I know, right? I love that. Bob Hoskins. Owner of the greatest American accent that has ever lived. I know! Like, Like, he's complete British. (laughs) Complete British. This is, like, the most British he gets. He's from Suffolk. (laughs) Like, that's thick. And he can play a Bronx detective. He was fresh off his appearance in Who Framed Roger Rabbit two years before this. That is where the American accent happened, man. This is his second kicking and streaming appearance. Oh, yeah, he was in Mermaids with Cher. Mermaids. He was the Danny DeVito character in Mermaids. <laughs> and he's also gone. Yeah, I know. They died within a couple of months of each yeah, other. Yeah, he died in April. Robin died in August. Yeah. Of the same year. Bless their souls. We have Dame Maggie Smith. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Is this her first? I think this is her first. I think this is Dame Smith's first appearance on Kicking and Streaming. The only other movie with her we would have done in it that's not Harry Potter is The Secret Garden. And we have not done that yet. Which we will be. We will be. Guys, you know her from things like, I don't know, a little thing called Harry Potter. (laughs) Where she played the Minerva McGonagall and she was a badass at it. (laughs) She's also a renowned Shakespearean actress. Oh, absolutely. Like, she was doing shit with Alec Guinness and Laurence Olivier in the 60s. Oh, and she's funny as shit. Have you ever seen her on... Downton. On Downton or on the Carol Burnett Show? Yeah, the Carol Burnett Show appearances are great. (laughs) They're excellent. I don't smoke marijuana. (laughs) I don't smoke. We have Caroline Goodall... The mom from Princess Diaries. Helen Thermopolis? Yes. I was like, what? Another great American accent. You know, Carrie, I don't think I've ever put that together. Just her American accent was so good and just in my mind's eye, because I haven't seen Princess Diaries in years. I was like, those can't be the same people. But they are. I was shocked. Guys. Dante Bosco. Oh my God, Dante, Dante, Dante Bosco. Prince Zuko, everybody, as Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Dante Bosco, man, he's famous for some of the best stuff in our lives. Um, other notable mentions include Arthur Mallet. I don't know who that is. He's to- he plays Tootles, but he is um Mr. Dawes Junior. from Mary Poppins oh my god he was a much younger man at the time but (laughs) father died laughing yeah yeah (laughs) that guy that guy Oh, oh no and um notable cameos phil collins glenn close tony burton george lucas carrie fisher like spielberg literally was just like hey guys come 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 be in my movie for a split second no i'm not gonna pay you carrie fisher has some uncredited writing Really? Yeah. In this? she I think she writes some of Tinkerbell's dialogue. Really? I mean, it makes sense to me. A set full of men, not a one of them knows how to write like a woman. Oh my goodness. And guys, John Williams. (laughs) He's not in the movie, but he wrote the music for the movie. We need to talk more about music in, in these episodes. Name it, guys. He wrote it. Like Harry Potter. Hold on. You got Star Wars. You've got... Schindler's List. You've got close encounters. I was noticing a trend. E.T. the Extraterrestrial, <laughs> the Indiana Jones series, Jurassic Park, Jaws. So what you're saying is that he and Steven are buddies. I guess. <laughs> oh my god. Do we have to dive into this? I you know what? It's I, been half an hour. It has already been a half an hour. <laughs> and on that note, there are so many great things to talk about in this movie. I'm just calling it now because I know now that uh, some of the good stuff is going to end up in the bonus material this week, guys. This is a long movie. And so if you're like, hey, 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 what about this thing? It's probably going to show up in the bonus features. Sit down. Buckle up. And get imaginative. Steer me to Neverland, Carrie (laughs) (laughs) Ann. You drive. Oh, my God. Drive me to Neverland. The movie opens on a play of Peter Pan. (laughs) Kids, kids, kids. (laughs) It's a cute little, like, I think they're like kindergartners, aren't they? Uh, I would would say so. I'd say Maggie's probably about that age. Yeah, so we got a bunch of kindergartners performing Peter Pan. This is the 90s. I know, right? The gigantic handheld camcorder (laughs) that, that some of the parents have. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. We meet the Banning family. Uh, Maggie Banning is the one who's in the play. Mm-hmm. She's playing Wendy mm-hmm. she's got an older brother she does his name is Jack Jackie. He's sitting in the audience with their parents, Moira Banning, played by Caroline Goodall, and Peter Banning, who is played by Robin Williams he's got a lover, his name is Brad, <laughs> and he keeps calling. <laughs> He does not have a lover. He has a law partner. Well, he works in uh, acquisitions and mergers. Peter is a very big, workaholic, high-powered jerk. And you know he's constantly not showing up for his kids. We're meeting him on the one day he actually came to a school activity. And he's on the phone with Brad. I mean, he's got, uh, I guess, quite a big deal going through for some sort of land acquisition thing. I don't know. And so, yeah, he's always focused on work and he's never paying attention. And Moira's always calling him out on it. Brad, Peter, yes.
1: you're missing it. All right. Want a meeting tomorrow a.m.? Dad, my game. You promised. Listen, it's my son's big game. Last game of the season, Santa series. I gotta be there, I promised. So we'll make it a short meeting. I'll be there. My word is my bond.
0: My word is my bond. I'm going to be there. So guess what, guys? Mm. Peter does not make it to the baseball game. Um, I said Jack's game doesn't go so well due to Pete not being there. Yeah, no kidding. He sends somebody ahead to the game to film. And like, it's somebody from the office. And I'm like, that's, that's not, that's not the same. The point is, is that you're there, Peter, physically there. And Jack sees that guy taping, and he realizes his dad's not there, and it just, it ruins the whole game. He's broken. Yeah. He's so broken, because he lied. Again. After the movie starts, the Bannings are taking a trip from California to England. They have to be on a plane for, like, a whole day. Yep. Oh my god. Back in the good old 1991. California to England? What the fuck? I love that. Stupid little fake ass plane. <laughs> the Pan Am. Ha ha fucky ha. Ha ha ha. Classic comedy. <laughs> you know what else is classic comedy? The voice of the pilot is Dustin Hoffman. Oh, this is your captain speaking. That's, is it? I've never known that. Yeah. That's stupid. We're having a turbulence meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's so funny. Everyone's just trying to eat and it's going everywhere. Speaking of flying, guess who's afraid to fly? Pete. <laughs> it's it's ludicrous, right? I, I know, I know. You would never think the Bannings are flying to England because the woman who raised Peter, Granny Wendy, she's having a hospital, a children's hospital named after her mm-hmm. in honor of her charity work. Well, it's a wing. It's a wing. It's, it's a not wing a whole hospital. At the Great Ormond Street Hospital, which J.M. Barry was very involved with. Okay, I guess that is relevant then. It's thought, in London. <laughs> I thought you were mad at me for giving Granny Wendy too much credit. <laughs> I I wrote, oh, lovely London. I love that shot. I know. Of Big Ben and everything. They show up on Granny Wendy's doorstep. (laughs) it's number 14. (laughs) He starts going up to 13. He's like, oh, shit. Because he's forgotten everything. He hasn't been to London. He he hasn't seen Granny Wendy in 10 years. Yeah. Toodles is the name of one of the occupants of this house. He was the first orphan Wendy ever raised. And uh, I don't know how Toodles, um, you know Toodles from... Peter Pan he's one of the original Lost Boys I don't know how he got to Earth I imagine that Wendy brought him back with her one of the times yeah one One of the the times you know you don't think about it but Wendy went to Neverland many times yeah not just the one time no and Toodles was one of the first orphans she raised and he lives in her house now because she doesn't have the heart to put him in a home yeah because he's not all there they go up to the door and they ring the doorbell and Toodles opens the door remember
1: you're in England land of good manners Michael
0: It's snowing! And he slams the door in their face. And I laugh every time. Wendy now owns this house. Presumably John and Michael are dead. Because Wendy's literally like a hundred. Yeah. Like she's old as shit. And they did really great makeup on Maggie Smith. I know, well, yeah. You were, We were watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone the other night and she was like, this is 10 years after Hook and I'm like that's good makeup that's glorious Stuart levels of makeup absolutely so okay so you know Wendy you've all seen Peter Pan 2 Return to Neverland <laughs> yeah so obviously Wendy has Jane and Jane has Moira Moira is Jane's daughter, so Moira is Wendy's granddaughter. Moira is in this ecstatic state. She is so happy to be home. Yeah, like, Peter's kids have never met Toodles or mm. Granny Wendy. And they grew up with these people. Yeah, and Moira, she is so excited about all this. She gets that picture of him, and she goes, look, it's you. And he goes, was I ever that young? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, uncomfortable with it. Oh, I know. Because he's like, I don't know who that is. Who is that? Peter has big gaps in his memory of childhood. He's blocked a lot out. Like the first 13 years of his life. And it's not that he necessarily blocked it out. He just forgot. I mean, yeah, that's another way. But this is all a folk tale to them. Yeah, I know. Like Like the reputation of the family, Wendy, as the Wendy darling from the story is well known because it's real for her. You mm. know what I mean? No one outside of Wendy takes it that seriously. (laughs) Toodles crawling around on the floor. Oh, Toodles! Toodles has lost his marbles. <laughs>
1: lost, lost, lost. Lost what? I've lost my marbles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Like, we don't get that explanation until later, but I just love him. We get Maggie Smith in all of her Wendy glory. Yeah, this is where we finally meet Wendy. And she's at the. T- I just love the hello, boy. Oh my god, that's the first thing she says to him in the story! Mm -hmm. With all the face acting, it's instantly apparent that there's this palpable magic between them. Mm-hmm. Just the way they're looking at each other. They haven't seen each other in ten years. <laughs> goes, I'm sorry it's been so long between visits. She's like, it's been ten motherfucking years! <laughs> Get in these arms and give me a squudge I love it! Uh, like, oh my goodness. For her obvious age, there's this youth to Wendy that's all behind these eyes. She's, she instantly loves these kids. Yeah. Now there is one rule I insist be while you are in my house
1: no growing up stop this very instant and
0: that includes you mr chairman of the board banning
1: (laughs) sorry too late grant
0: this next scene is a little uh triggering for me personally yeah uh, because i was just not a kid who responded well to being screamed at but here's the long and short of it peter's on the phone with his law partner the kids are running around and screaming in the background, and the phone call is not going well. Like, they're on vacation, kind of, and he is on the phone freaking out about some land deal falling through due to some owl or something. you a ta- $5
1: billion deal falling apart because of this? Why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head? Bang! Bang! Well, everybody just shut up! I'm sorry. And leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life.
0: God, the way he snaps. I take it just as personally as when our own parents would get angry. Like, Robin Williams, no. Yeah, Robin Williams doesn't get angry typically. Uh, It's just, it's it's wrenching. Yeah, I don't. I I, I hate to see that. Those poor kids. They're just messing around. They're just kids. This is where Moira looks at him and says, hey, you got to stop this. Yeah. And he tries to answer the damn phone again. And he's just, he dares her. He tries her. He pulls that antenna out, pulls the phone open. I was like, this is where I wrote, Moira has had it. (laughs) She grabs the phone out of his hand, chucks it out the open window. I love her. She's an ideal wife for him. And she's like, you know, this really hit me hard, especially watching it as an adult. We have
1: a few special years with our children when they're the ones that want us around. After that, you're going to be running after them for a bit of attention.
0: So fast, Peter. It's a few years, and it's over. She is trying to make it clear to him, she's like, this this all happens so fast. Listen, I'm not trying to throw any shade. Parents can't shut up about how fast it all goes. Yeah. And he is not even looking at it as it happens. So this is where Wendy takes us into the Pan lore, where she's describing, she's giving us the out of how their whole narrative fits into the actual legend of Peter Pan. So apparently the darlings were J.M. Barry's neighbors. Mr. Barry, well Sir James? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sir James. uh, He apparently wrote all their stories down in a book, and that's how Peter Pan came to be. Wendy's in this gorgeous dress I'm like, Wendy's hot (laughs) What? 100 year old Wendy? They're going to a dinner in tribute to her for her dedication to this wing of this hospital and she goes, oh Peter, do you like my dress? and he's like, yeah, it's very pretty and just like swoops past her and I'm like, Wendy is hot, notice her (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty hot for 101 (laughs) I love when they're putting him to bed This is where Peter gives Jack his pocket watch, he's like Jack,
1: you're in charge now This is my very special watch, so you can
0: keep track of the time. Hey, sorry for being such a cock. Here's my very personal pocket watch. And he's just like, so you can keep track of the time. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That'll come back to hit hard. Peter, who himself is 113. Yeah, no. (laughs) You know, and he doesn't even know it. I know. So we go to dinner. Peter, Moira, and Wendy all leave for this fancy dinner. I don't want to spend too much time at the dinner. Suffice it to say that starting with Peter, Wendy has dedicated her entire life to children. And that's like the whole 20th century. Yeah, for real. <laughs> at the Great Ormond Street Hospital. like Back at home, some spooky shit is happening. <laughs> Toodles knows. Oh, I know. Toodles can feel it. And I th- here's the thing I think that Wendy can too. Yeah. Because we start getting all of this wind kick up, and it blows in through the banquet hall too. Mm-hmm. And it hits Wendy, and her entire being changes. Mm-hmm. Her her pirate sense is tingling. I just love Toodles, like, <gasps> Huck. 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 Spooky, scary, drama. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Up in the bedroom, the latch on the window, which is shaped like a hook. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. The hook is lifting up on the window. I just love that you can see the camera lens in the hook. I know. I know. Those windows below open. What's with all the Avada Kedavra light? I I don't know. (laughs) It's scary. It's scary. Jack and Maggie are screaming, and, like, we don't really see what happens to them. So the car pulls up back at home. This part always makes my ass leak. It's just, it's so grim. No electricity. And so they light a candle, and they're calling the kids' names, and they're going along the hallway. And that hook is torn through everything, all along the wall. The children are missing. Poof. Gone. Goodbye. Yeah. And stuck to the door of the nursery. Is this Piper's scroll pinned with a knife, a big knife? Yeah, yeah, like a crocodile Dundee could, knife. Could be Sting. It reads, "Dear Peter, your presence is required at the request of your children.
1: Kindest personal regards, Chess Hook, Captain."
0: And then Toodles translates. <laughs> yeah, have to fly. Have to fight, have to crow, have to save Maggie, have to save Jack.
1: Okay, he's back.
0: So they call the police. The Scotland Yard is not taking them seriously. Inspector Phil Collins. <laughs> I think that's. I. I didn't even know. You I can't. Know. You can't even tell. I know. With the way he's done up. <laughs> and you know, the inspector is like, well, you know, we think this is just like. Some big joke, given the literary history with the family. And Peter's like, my children are fucking missing. Right? You think this is a prank? Granny Wendy been new, though. She's like, the police can do nothing. Yeah, she's like, so here's the thing. <laughs> You're a fictional character. <laughs> she's got to tell him the whole ugly story. And she's like, it's time to tell you at last. And she sits him on the bed. She has a first edition. Oh, yeah. In her lap. I could, mm. And this is where Wendy, as calmly as she can, tries to explain to him that the stories are not only true, but he's the hero of the story. You must make yourself remember.
1: Remember what?
0: Peter, don't you know who you are? Oh, my God. All of the pirate sea shanty chanting in the background. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's in my nightmares. I know. Oh, like, that, that tune lives rent free in my nightmares. <laughs> Let's drink. <laughs> like many adults, Peter starts drinking to cope. He's drunk in the kid's bedroom. He apologized to the cradle when he bumped into it. I know. That's how, <laughs> that's how drunk he is. I wrote, he apologized to that cradle. I've been that drunk before. (laughs) I apologized to a houseplant once. (laughs) At least a houseplant's a living being. I love when he goes out on that balcony. I wrote, great soundstage. (laughs) Yeah, no, no kidding. And, like, he's looking out into the night, and this little ball of light shoots into the bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. Firefly from hell. It's Tinkerbell! This is baby Julia Roberts, too. I know. The effect for this is great because sometimes it's special effects. With her cropped into the actual shot. Mm-hmm. Like when she's in the shot with him. Sometimes she's shot on a sound stage with, like, scaled settings. Yeah. It looks really real. I think the only scene where they're actually on set together is the one that comes later. Yeah. And so I kind of think she got the Arwen treatment. Where she's just isolated from the rest of the cast due to story reasons. You know what this made me think of? What? Fuck them bugs! <laughs> <laughs> she flies in that window and she's ping-ponging around the room. He goes, big damn bug. <laughs> He's trying to swat her with a rolled up magazine. But she has superhuman strength. And she's like, it is you, a big you. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not Peter Pan. She's trying to convince him of who she is and that he needs to come with her to rescue his kids, but he's not getting it. Well,
1: however you are, it's still you. Because only one person has that smell.
0: Smell? The smell of someone who's ridden the back of the wind, Peter.
1: The smell of a hundred fun summers of sleeping in trees, adventures with Indians and pirates. Oh, remember Peter? World was ours we could do everything or nothing all i had to be was
0: anything because it was always us she does the whole i don't believe in fairies thing and the clapping thing that is in every peter pan story if you clap if you believe and we'll bring tinkerbell back to life <laughs> this is my favorite line in the film tell me about it because <laughs> she goes she gets up all revived and she's like all right now who am i
1: you're a complex, Freudian hallucination having something to do with my mother, and I don't know why you have wings. But you have very lovely legs, and you're a very nice, tiny person. And what am I saying? I don't know who my mother was. I'm an orphan, and i have never taken drugs. Because I missed the 60s, I was an accountant. Yes, again.
0: <laughs> right. She literally pulls the rug out from under his feet, knocks him unconscious, wraps him up, and carries him out the open window. (laughs) She carries him to Neverland in a bed sheet. I know! (laughs) It's insane! I love the shot of her flying off past Big Ben. Yeah, and And she drops the fairy dust on that couple. Mm -hmm. Guess who the couple is? George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Yes, it is. You know how it goes. Second star to the right and straight on till morning. Peter comes too, stuck inside his sheet. (laughs) I just love... Oh, what a nightmare, Moira! When he crawls out of it, he realizes he's on a pirate ship! Well, he's in a pirate colony! I know! The pirate colony awakes! Tank dropped his drunk ass into the middle of enemy territory! Also, what a set! I know! The Jolly Roger and everything, like, that's all on one huge soundstage. Yeah. And I just, I, the amount of effort, it gives me Dark Crystal vibes. I know, you love a well-comprised and decorated set. Yeah, practical effects, man, I'm all about it. Let's briefly talk about the clock tower, or should I say, the crock tower. Get out. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> that was one of the last wrongs. No! Come on, come on talk to me about the crock tower what about it <laughs> describe what it is it is literally a tower that has the crocodile from peter pan that he has somehow slayed uh succeeding the original story and turned him into a clock turned tower into a gigantic clock given his irrational fear of ticking why it- would he just why would he construct a large clock i think it's more you know of a trophy than anything. Yeah, because this is the croc that Peter fed his hand to. Exactly. So yeah, I, I get it. He's it's not it's not that different from people who have deer head on their wall. Maybe he's hoping he can get his hand back. And that's that's why. <laughs> Eventually. That's why they're keeping it around. Eventually the hand's just gonna materialize. Mr. Smee, played by Bob Hoskins, is sharpening the hook. <laughs> and he puts it on this velvet pillow, and we're following the hook to where it's obviously going. <laughs> Peter, ridiculously disguised as a pirate, walks up with all the other chanting pirates. Smee carries the hook through the dock and one through these big ornate doors, and we see this flash as it's attached. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> Good morning Neverland. Good, morning,
1: Mr. Speed!
0: good one Steve. <laughs> it's a good good reference. <laughs> good reference Steve. We get this Miranda Parisley introduction to arguably one of the greatest villains of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Captain James Hook. Smee is hyping him up and it's funny because you know Dustin Hoffman is one of the least intimidating looking people on the planet Mm -hmm. but the makeup and the look does it all I can't with it's the eyebrows this man is in full drag right there is a wig when he first comes out I'm trying to look at his face and see Dustin Hoffman in it you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can't, and it's because of the eyebrows. I know. Like the eyebrows are so ridiculous. It's like the Sailor Moon tiara, you fail to recognize him. When he's <laughs> got it on. Exactly. Captain Hook, played by actual villain Dustin Hoffman.
1: Well, my stupid sorry parasitic sacks of entrails. <laughs> Revenge is mine. <laughs> I baited that hook, and now I'm very proud to announce we have his children.
0: David Bowie turned down this part. Can you imagine this movie if it had been David Bowie? I think it would have still been good. I think it still would have been good. I think it would have been a different hook. Yeah, I think it would have been a much um, posher hook. A more evil hook, frankly. Yeah. Because I think up until a certain point, Dustin Hoffman's hook is cartoonish. Yeah. And then it gets serious, but for the most part, look at this short man in drag. Hook has Jack and Maggie hoisted out of the brig in this big rope net. Yeah. And Peter breaks cover. Finally.
1: Mr. Hook, I want those kids out of that net in less than one minute, or you better get an attorney and hope to God he's better than me. Who are you? I'm Peter Panning, attorney at law. Those are my children, and I want them back, Those are your... Children. These are your children? Yes, they are. And your... Peter? Your Peter? Yes. Your Peter?
0: Yes. No. Yes. Your Peter? Yes. Is there an echo in here? Hook cannot believe that this out of shape, middle aged man is Peter Pan. I mean, he doesn't either. It hasn't sunk in for him yet, despite the fact being in a fantasy land. Smee has to show Hook this scar on his abdomen where Hook carved him up during one of their adventures. It's it's that scar you gave him from the Tiger Lily incident. So now Hook's in a bad mood, because he's built this whole operation up in his mind as this epic final war between Peter Pan and himself, where he finally gets to come out on top. Yeah, Hook just wants his war. He just wants something where he can say he won. And now he's trying to salvage it and tries to make it a little interesting. He says, fly up there and touch the hands of your children, and I'll let you all go. And Peter looks right at him and goes, I can't fly. Our friend Peter Pan here has a real problem with heights. (laughs) But Peter's going to try anyway. He climbs up that mast to get to them. And these poor kids, they're so scared. All you have to do
1: is touch our fingers and we'll be able to go home. Touch them, Peter. And it's all been just a bad dream. Just reach out and touch them.
0: And he can't reach them. And he's too scared to try. I know. And his fear, his lack of confidence is keeping him from saving his children. It's still not enough for them. And they can't count on him. They still can't count on him. <laughs> Come on, daddy. Mommy could do <laughs> Come it. Come on, daddy. Mommy could do it. Ouch. Yeah, I know. It's still funny as fuck, though. I know. Let the women do the work. <laughs> This gets really sad, and the pirates like are just looking at him like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, the pirates are like, "This is sad, yo. Like, this is Peter fucking Pan. Wow." It's me, I don't understand why doesn't he fly? Is it not Peter Pan? He's uh, Peter Pan, all right, Captain.
1: He's just been away from Neverland so long; he, his mind's been jankified.
0: He's forgotten everything. The pirates are going to just kill them until Tinkerbell manages to convince Hook to give her three days to get Peter in fighting shape. So yeah, due to Tink leveling with Hook... She saved Pete's life for now. But in all the commotion about the war, Peter gets knocked off the plank into the sea, directly into a pod of mermaids. Tink thinks she's lost him. I know. (laughs) The mermaids immediately jump his bones. Oh, yeah. Because they recognize him. I wrote to be beautiful and live underwater. Because, like, Peter was the only person they ever treated with any kind of kindness. (laughs) Because they were into him. And you know (gasps) what? A boy. Yeah, and it's really gross, right? Yeah. Because he was, like, 13. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little predatory. Remember in the Disney movie when the mermaids were, like, trying to drown Wendy? Hands off our mans. (laughs) (laughs) So Pete gets to the part of the island where the lost boys live. (laughs) Again, what a set. It looks like an amusement park. I get very big indoor putt-putt golf vibes from this. (laughs) Yeah, just every pirate-themed putt-putt course you've ever been to. Wouldn't you just love to have a day? Just to play around in there? Oh, you know I would! Like, it'd be so cool. There's, like, this sophisticated ramp system for quick travel. The Lost Boy civilization has grown in the last 40 years. There's basketball courts. There's skate parks. There- there's sledding! Is, t- is Tink bringing all of these children here? She must be. Is that how they get there? Is it Tink? It has to be Tink. Well, because Tink found Peter in Kensington Gardens. She sure did. Yeah. Okay. So it's got to be Tink, you kidnapping little pixie. You know what else there is? Booby traps. Oh, there's booby traps <laughs> everywhere. And Pete falls into every single one of them, <laughs> leading it leading up to him just being a groaning shrub. <laughs> Wake up, you
1: sleepyhead! He's back! Hand!
0: The lost boys wake up thinking that their former leader has returned but there's this adult in their camp let's talk about a couple of the lost boys uh the first one i have written down is don't ask he's yeah. he's the one in the plaid jacket with the comb mm-hmm. he's like a little adult yeah there's no nap uh-huh he's the kid in the newsies hat yep there's thud butt He's my favorite. I love Thud. You know he's my favorite. Oh my god! I identify very deeply with Thud. You know what else there is in the new Lost Boys uh, civilization? Tell me. There's a new leader. Oh, Ross, tell us about the lost boy who filled the power vacuum. So there's this skunk and his name is Rufio. <laughs> How dare you call him a skunk? He looks like a skunk. He was like one of my first loves. This is Dante Bosco, guys. This is the voice of Prince Zuko. Rufio! Rufio! Rufi! Oh! Rufio looks so cool. He's got that skunk head cap with the, with the red instead of the white. Oh, I love it! He's clad in leather and he has all these bright red streaks in his teeth hair, covered in jewelry. He's a child. Calm down. He, no, no, no. I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> I, trying to. I know, I know. I know. No, he just, he looks so cool. He is cool. He's, he's, he's a cool fella. I just love Peter the whole time. This is an insurance nightmare. <laughs> what is this? Some Lord of the Flies preschool? That's a good line. <laughs> Where are your parents? I want to speak to a grown up. And all the lost boys point at Rufio. Without <laughs> skipping a beat. And he's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> No,
1: Mr. Skunkhead with too much moose. You are just a punk kid. I want to speak to a grown-up. All grown-ups are pirates. Excuse me? We kill pirates. I'm not a pirate. So happens, I am a
0: lawyer. Kill the lawyer! Kill the lawyer! I'm not that kind of lawyer. I call this the kill the lawyer chase. (laughs) It's great. They start chasing him through the (laughs) treehouse. When and when he finally gets onto the ramp, and he's ch- Rufio is chasing him on his <laughs> scooter with like a bamboo gun. Yeah, aimed at him. yeah. Oh my god! And he gets to the he gets to the curve. And says, Why are you doing this to me? He <laughs> falls backwards. They chase him into the basketball court. <laughs> he's rocketing in on a skateboard and he's headed towards a wall. I love Robin Williams so much. Oh my! A wall. Oh my, a wall (laughs) Rufio lands behind him And I love this shot This is the shot where Rufio runs up to him With the sword drawn And slams it down right next to his nose it's not even a millimeter away from his face This is the backwards trivia I was talking about This line that he says You're dead, jolly man He had to say it backwards so they could reverse the shot to protect Robin because the blade had to end so close to his nose. So they reversed the shot. So they made him say it backwards? Yes. I love that. The next time you watch it, guys, watch that shot very closely. The movement's a little weird. It's a little off. Rufio draws a line in the sand with Peter's sword. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's his. He has Peter's legendary gold blade because he's the captain now. And he draws a line in the sand and says, if you believe this fat slob isn't Peter Pan, get on my side of the line. Only one lost boy is left. Pockets. Yeah, it's Pockets. He's an adorable little boy. And he does this thing where he has Peter come down to his level. And then he just starts touching Peter's face Mm -hmm. and pushing it around. It's like like me earlier with Dustin Hoffman. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like trying (laughs) to see him through the drag. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I'm like, oh, there you are, Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he finally pushes Peter's face into a smile and says, Oh, there you are, Peter. This really touching sequence with all of the lost boys who remember him just rush to him and they're like, oh my God. And he's like, you got so old. This is the antithesis of everything we (laughs) believed. I'm sobbing because they're all like seeing it for themselves and like they see it in him, even though he doesn't see it. And I'm getting weepy. I'm sorry. And I mean, I think the concept is in Neverland anyway, that it's all just one day over and over again. Like, no time passes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, because you never, you never grow up. So that must be fascinating to them. Time stops in Neverland, so they're like, he probably wasn't gone very long. Okay, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. We're back on the pirate ship. Oh my lord. We're in the captain's quarters. <laughs> And let me preface this by saying, Hook and Smee are gay. They're together. They're 100% together. And that's not us normally projecting queerness onto things for fun. I mean, Hoffman and Hoskins wanted to play it that way. They're in a relationship. They're in a relationship. Did they really? Did they really want to play it that way? They did. And Spielberg was like, guys, we're going to get letters about this. There's this subtextual thread running through the whole movie where Hook and Smee behave like an old married couple. Hook's life is falling apart. He, it is, because he's getting, he, like, even though time doesn't pass in Neverland, he feels himself getting older. Yeah. And less relevant. (laughs) He's gonna commit suicide, like, that's not funny, but they're gonna try and make us laugh at it. Smee has to talk him down regularly, I feel. I know, he's like, (laughs) because when he draws the flintlock and points it at his head, Smee goes, oh, not again. (laughs) Yeah, he
1: goes, don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee! I'm coming. I'm coming. coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing
0: suicide. The the revolver goes off. (laughs) Looking at Smee wide eyed. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. cheek for crying out loud this is a leo Lieber relationship (laughs) i'm so sorry but it is 100 and then (laughs) i can't believe this i just can't oh my god it's one of the best things about the movie once you see it you can't unsee it he's trying to get hooked to bed down and smee has his own epiphany a, a rather useful epiphany, if you ask me. That is the ultimate revenge. What is? Payne's
1: kids in love with Hook. What are you getting on about? It's the ultimate payback. What is? It him Payne's puss yes. when he faces you. Faces and me. And his kids yeah. are standing beside you, yes. ready to fight for that the sleaziest fight. sleaze of the seven seas, uh-huh. Captain James Hook. Oh, Captain.
0: hey. Hey. What if we get Pan's kids to like you? I just love how right he is. How much it's gonna fuck Peter up if he comes back to rescue his kids. And they love him. I know. Yeah. Oh god. And I mean he's gonna and he's gonna play on their history. He's gonna play it like a flute. Montage time! Training is rough. (laughs) They're literally trying to train him how to be a young kid again. I just I I love their little core call play it. (gasps) The younger lost boys are trying to get Peter in shape to fight Hook. They're running his ass all over the island. He drops a considerable amount of weight in a matter of hours. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> they literally just took the padding off. And did you notice, I'm not trying to be uh, weird here, but did you notice how hairless he was? Yes. <laughs> and, was, and we all know Robin Williams was a very hairy man. He like a Chia pet. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, they had to shave his whole upper body for this. Rufio's reluctantly teaching Peter how to use a sword, which is going hilariously. Trying to fly is also rough. Yeah, they're trying to, they put him in this giant slingshot. And I know you love this. Tank is just like, come on, Peter, just think one happy thought and you can fly. (laughs) And he's having a mental breakdown in this slingshot. He goes, I got it.
1: (laughs) Not being in this slingshot would make me very happy.
0: And he belly flops into this lake of paint. It's the only way I can describe it. Meanwhile, back on the pirate ship, Hook has begun brainwashing Peter's kids. Lesson one, why parents hate their children. It's not really working on Maggie because every time he says something bad about their parents, she basically looks him in the face and goes... You're lying scum. Yeah, I love Maggie's resolve. Maggie is loyal to her family to the end. She's she's too young to be corrupted in a way. Exactly. She's looking at Jack going, doesn't mommy read to us every night? And Hook looks her dead in the face and goes, your mother doesn't read to you at night because she loves you. It's so you'll fall asleep and stop bothering them. Oh, my
1: child, before you were born, your parents would stay up all night together just to see the sunrise. Don't be frightened.
0: Maggie, before you were born, they were happier. They were free. This plays on something that I think is very prevalent with every child. Because there's that point as a child where you become aware that you are taxing on your parents. (laughs) Yeah. Because they have to care for you in every single way. And... I can I can remember feeling this way, like when your parents get uber mad at you because you won't behave and then you think, oh, God, do they hate me? Yeah. Do they do they are they unhappy because of me? Right. You know, kids will find any way to make something their fault. And like, I mean, do they love me when they're mad? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's not, I'm not saying anything against my parents. I'm just saying no, that like. I think every kid goes through that at one point because, you it's know. It's like, am I the problem? Am I making my parents unhappy? We don't understand the full scope of what they're going through usually. I feel like that's something that Jack is feeling a lot here in addition to his father's failures. Sorry, that's a little deep for this, but like. No, that's nice. I like that. I, I, I just, i that really hit home with me. Jack, you. Neverland makes you forget! Never
1: forget mommy and daddy! Think of a way to run home, Jack! Run home! Run home? Jack.
0: You are home. (laughs) Right. He's playing on their history so bad. I know. And he's really manipulating Jack. It's It's a new level of evil! It's working! This next scene also makes me cry a little bit. The Feast of Nothing? Yes. (laughs) Let me get there. I'll let you know when I cry. But it starts at dinner time with the Lost Boys. They're loading all of these closed hot pots onto the table. They are. Peter is s- ravenous. Oh, he's he hasn't had anything to eat since he's been here. Yeah, he's ready to fucking chow. And like he can smell things. Yeah, or at least he thinks he can smell <laughs> things. And like they all get sat down. Everybody say grace.
1: Bless this, O oh Lord.
0: Greg! They start tearing the pots off of everything, and they're <laughs> empty. there's a lot of steam and piping hot nothing. <laughs> and they just start fake grabbing shit out of these out of these dishes. Someone has to explain to me how they stay alive without nourishment. And don't tell me it's because Peter Pan is actually a story about the Grim Reaper kid who ushered dead children into the afterlife. Don't hit me with that shit. Carrie, it's fake news. You want to know how they're eating? How they make believe. Oh God. But Peter is astounded. Peter's like, "What the hell? There's no food." He even has this. He even has this brief moment of looking around at them, like. Maybe they are eating shit, and I just can't see it. Maybe I'm that tired. Yeah. (laughs) And Tinkerbell explains to him that it's an imagination game. Yeah. This is one of the biggest things you lose when you grow up, is that you lose your imagination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rufio the Instigator starts going back and forth with him. Insult battle. Oh, insult battle. They're gross. They are definitely boys. Truly disgusting (laughs) names, mind you. (sighs) And finally, Peter just loses it. And he just he just goes into a tirade. <laughs> Two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated,
1: pimple-farming paramecium brain munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-cell critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. Penny,
0: penny, penny, penny. Peter pretends to dip his spoon into his bowl and aims it at Rufio. And a blob of something actually hits Rufio in the face. Benny, 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 Benny. Benny oh, Rufio, why don't you just go Benny, suck on Benny, a
1: dead dog's dog? Benny, 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 You're doing it. Doing what? Using your imagination, Peter.
0: I love this shot as it's going over the table because all the dishes have been filled with luscious hot foods. And the the camera is passing so slowly over this food. And that's where I wrote, wow, look at all that fake food. (laughs) They made that fake food look really good. This is where I want to cry because he is doing it. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to qualify how I feel about an adult being able to unlock that part of their brain. It's beautiful. Like, it just doesn't work like it used to. Exactly. And, like, it just hits me a kind of way. They start a food fight, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. And Rufio, who is butthurt, decides it would be super appropriate (sighs) to lob a coconut at Peter's head. (laughs) Thud throws Peter the sword, and he slices that coconut in half. Very Fruit Ninja. I was going to say, it's very anime! Yeah. <laughs> hey Panda Man, catch
1: this! Peter, look out! Peter, watch out!
0: The sound of the rooster faintly crowing? Yeah. Oh, and how they're all staring at him with this sense of wonder. We get this adorable scene where Thud asks Peter about Tootles, the old man living at Wendy's house. That is is so sweet. I love Thud so much. And, and guess what? Tootles hasn't actually lost his metaphorical marbles. <laughs> I remember Tootles. You do? He was lost too. How could you know
1: Tootles? He was a lost boy. These are his marbles.
0: These are his happy thoughts. These are his marbles. He holds it right up. <laughs> and, he's like, and Peter's like, huh? They're his happy thoughts. Mm-hmm. I love it. That moment kind of smacks me because Thud says this thing about how his mother is his happy thought. And then all I can think of is these parents who lost their kids, if they were in fact looking for them, lost their kids when they ran away to Neverland and they don't know what happened to him. And just living in that hell for the rest of your life, not knowing what happened to your kid. I don't know. I'm bumming myself out over here, but it's hard not to think about. On the morning of day two, Hook wakes up to the sound of ticking, which we all know is a trigger for him. The ticking's coming from Jack's watch. He's still got his dad's pocket watch. Mm -hmm. And Hook and Smee take Jack to the Pirate's Clock Museum where they house all of the clocks that Hook just smashes for fun. Yeah. Something that- w- Die, crocodile, die, over and over again. I think it satisfies something in Hook. <laughs> something that was lost on me as a kid was the symbolism behind Hook's fear of the clock. Because obviously it's couched in this traumatic event. Peter sliced off his hand, fed it to the crocodile, and he threw a clock in to so he wouldn't come for the other hand. Mm-hmm. And now the clock and the croc. Are the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now the ticking of the clock is literally like time coming for him. Yeah. Like as an apex predator. Yeah. <laughs> Very apt analysis, I must say. Hook lays that pocket watch down and hands Jack a mallet and tells him to smash it. Yes.
1: Good oh, Bravo. Isn't that wonderful? We're always making promises,
0: we're breaking them. You're never doing anything with
1: me or a father who's never there, Jack.
0: Jack is hurting. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's such a brat, but he just wants his dad. <laughs> like his dad who never comes to his baseball games or gives him the time of day. Jack is upset cuz his father won't try. I know. And that's hard enough for him. Like now Daddy Hook is here to fill that void. Hook gets the pirates together and we have a little pinch baseball game. <laughs> This is all just a big stunt to make Jack feel like a star, so he'll think of Hook as daddy. And meanwhile, the boys and Peter have decided they're gonna steal Hook's hook and start the war early. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Peter gets right up behind Hook, and he's all primed to take the hook right off the table next to him. But then he starts getting interested in the ball game because he never saw Jack playing his ball game. Yeah, I know. And Jack comes up to bat. Stay right. Wait for the good pitches. Pretty good bitches. Smee's getting ready to pitch him a curveball which Jack is notoriously bad at hitting. Bob Hoskins is a cartoon <laughs> Just his face like that's why I'm glad he did who framed because <laughs> it's the only movie he's in where he is the human and not the cartoon Jack cracks it out of the park. I hate to say it it's a good moment for Jack. Die! check peter is devastated this kills peter oh like. my god because jack is celebrating with hook and the pirates he's not getting to take that victory lap with his son this is what gets peter to try i know like i mean he's been trying with the training but like at least try to fly you know he, what i mean he abandons that mission walks back to the tree house and so he just starts throwing himself from various heights <laughs> trying really hard to fly guess what hits him in the head the baseball. Jack's home run. Hits him in the head. How is that even possible? Because it's a movie. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> right. All right. Uh, what Peter Pan thinks from the stories that always makes for great entertainment is that Peter Pan's shadow has a mind of its own, right? Yes. Yes. He's always losing his shadow. That's how he and Wendy first meet in the story. He chases his, his shadow into the darling's room. Peter's shadow is now getting his attention to point the way towards what is known as Wendy's house. Tinkerbell is already in the house. I I wrote, Tink is just places. (laughs) She's just places. Uh, She just turns up whenever she's needed. And she's standing in this rocking chair wearing the most beautiful blue gown. She's a very pretty fairy. She got all dressed up for him. Uh, And yeah, this is the clubhouse that the Lost Boys built for Wendy the first time she came to Neverland.
1: I remember. Wendy used to sit in that chair. Yes. But it wasn't there. It was here. We used to sit here while she darned socks and tell us stories.
0: Well, I'm sure this has happened to you where you go to a place that you have not been in a very long time and just stand in there, everything comes rushing back to you. Yeah, he starts putting it all together at once. It's like dust is being blown off his brain. He remembers. He's unlocking 13 years of lost memories all at once. All of a sudden, he's remembering his entire childhood. Like even when he was an infant, Mm -hmm. he ran away from home because he didn't want to die someday. I'm sorry. I know this isn't the moment. Just the thought of that baby in that pram just being like, nope, bye-bye. And then rolling (laughs) on away. No, it is slightly comical. Only to have him thrown out of it in Kensington Gardens. But who comes to his rescue? Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. And she took him to Neverland and she taught him how to fly. And his parents forgot about him. Yeah, they moved on. They did. He they... went back to see them and they had a new baby. Yeah, that's gotta be, that's rough, buddy. Yeah. As Dante Basco would say. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. And so, you know, yeah, he does the whole first thing with Wendy, and he he, he kept coming back after that. Peter narrates for us about how he would come back for Wendy time and time and again for more adventures. He he took her daughter, too. (laughs) Like, well into adulthood. It's not until the 60s when he comes back and she's an old lady. That's my grandchild, Moira,
1: asleep in the bed. When I saw her lying there sleeping, that moment... Something changed in me
0: forever. I shall give her a kiss. That last time he comes back, he stays for Moira. Yeah, he he sets eyes on Moira, who is Wendy's granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, the, the look in Maggie Smith's eyes, just like, no, please, Peter, not my fucking granddaughter. Like, I've been in love with you my whole life, not my granddaughter. And he's like... Sorry, it's the closest thing to Wendy. I know, it's, <laughs> it's a little weird, it's yeah. a little weird, but in the but at the end, what we learn is that it was never about Moira. His happy thought is fatherhood. Hi, oh. hey, Jack.
1: I know why I came back. I know why I grew up. I wanted to be a father.
0: I'm a daddy. No. Yeah. I'm not gonna cry. No. And with that... We flying. Yeah, he's just, when he comes out of that flashback, he's hovering over the ground. hmm Oh, my God. Because he's got it all back now. He's Pan. He's finally Pan. <laughs> this is his <laughs> final form. Yeah. We get this brief, wonderful montage of Peter flying around the island with the John Williams magic in the background. This this whole sequence blows away his entire reality. It does. Yeah, he forgets almost everything about what he's doing. Peter Pan is back. He is flying. He is playing games. He is having fun. Rufio concedes power. I know. <laughs> like, Rufio comes up to him and kneels down and offers the sword to him. You can fly, you can fight, and you can- I have goosebumps on my eyelids! (laughs) Isn't this where Tink literally is like, fuck it, normal size? Yes! Yeah. At the end of the second day, Peter goes to Tink's little apartment to say hi, and she is visibly depressed- Like, she is surrounded by all the things he had in his pocket when he came to Neverland. Like, his car keys and his credit cards and the gum he had in his pocket. She's realizing that his next task is to save his kids and go. She's caught in this place between, like, I need him to save his children, but he's gonna go. Yeah. he She's all Casper, like, can I keep you? Yeah. It's very dear. Yeah. Tink's house starts lighting up with all this- l- <laughs> She literally's like, this is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> Everything starts shaking, Peter takes a step back, and her house just explodes. All of a sudden, she's people-sized. The one time she appears with Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> In the whole movie? Yeah. This is the only wish I ever wished for myself. Oh, Peter, this is the
1: biggest feeling I've ever, ever felt. This is the biggest feeling I've ever had, and this is the first time I've been big
0: enough to have it. Peter, I want to give you a kiss. That's some stuff off your chest. It, yeah, right? Tinkerbell's always been in love with Peter. It's why she torments Wendy. It's why she's jealous of his attention. And this is her finally telling him as an adult that I love you. And you just need to know that. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh... Well, I love Moira. <laughs> yeah, I do have a wife. And I think that snaps him back to his reality a little bit. Is that what Tink wanted? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> but like she knows that this is what's right. She's like, I'm just a bug. Yeah, like <laughs> a bird may love a fish sire, but where would they live? At dawn on the third day, both the Lost Boys and the Pirates are preparing for war. We going to war. On the pirate ship, Hook is having Jack pick out his very first pirate earring. Jack is a little hook! He's dressed like a mini! He, he's a little hook! Complete with hat and wig! He's gonna pierce Jack's ear with the hook! Yeah. What is this, Claire's?
1: Now, Jack, I'm going to ask you to bend your head ever so slightly. Little more. That's it. And brace yourself, lad. Because this. Is really going to hurt. Bang-a-ray! Bang-a-ray!
0: So the Lost Boys descend on the pirates. Peter Pan and the Lost Boys descend on the pirates. And it's pandemonium. They're all clad in this makeshift armor. They've built a warship out of bamboo that's actually got paint cannons on it. Less than a day. In less than a day! In <laughs> less than a day. They were really walking a fine line in this battle scene with all in, in the sense that we have adults fighting children to the death. Yeah. So we're using some fairly innocuous forms of combat here, like the paint guns and the egg guns, ping pong balls. <laughs> if there's anybody not fighting... Get here quick! I love it when the pirates charge at the boys and they're blinding them. Oh, with the mirrors! And like you said, the egg, I called it a chicken gun. <laughs> but you're right, it is more of an egg gun. And just like, when that first gets brought out, the look that gets across <laughs> Hook's face, just like, what the? They're using uh, eggs! He was like, what is that? Can I just say, for the next however long of this movie this lasts, these stunts... Our god tier. Oh my gosh. This is so... I don't know who staged this, but it was brilliantly done. It's masterful stuff. Like, to get that kind of coordination and get it on film. And to have it have a rhythm. This whole fight sequence has this rhythm to it that is quite pleasant. Rufio's done up in this badass warrior getup. Yeah. Because like things start to not work out so well for the pirates. The resolve of these children is immense. That's where I wrote, children are so motivated these days. My favorite part of the whole battle is Thudball. I know. Where he rolls himself up and just continuously is clearing the gangplank so that people can't walk onto the ship. It's great. I love him. I love him so much. Like, and- Hook, Hook, Hook is standing off to the side. He can't even believe that his pirates are falling like dominoes. <laughs> he turns to Smee. <laughs> Smee, do something intelligent. <laughs> and he just runs into the forecastle and is like... Smee, <laughs> Smee, what about Smee? Smee, Smee,
1: Smee, Smee, What about
0: Smee? Smee, Smee. What about me? Smee is looting. I know he is like he's <laughs> packing his bags and leaving town. He's done with he's done with Jim. <laughs> like like Jim, you're gonna get us all killed. <laughs> yeah, I love how he's robbing him blind while all this is happening. I'm taking some severance, and the pirates are actually starting to retreat. Uh, Rufio steps up to fight Captain Hook. Oh, yeah. Like, gather around, everybody. We have to talk about how this movie traumatized me. And, like, Dante Basco and Dustin Hoffman have this really great fight sequence. They're embroiled in this epic sword fight, because I'm sure Rufio has been waiting for a long time to get a piece of Hook. Common enemy. (laughs) Common enemy. Like, Hook's done nothing but kill his friends. And so, like, Peter is flying back to Rufio to give him a hand, but it's too late. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Looky, looky, I got hooky. Hook, no! Hook runs Rufio through with his foil, and Rufio falls over in Peter's arms and says,
1: Do you know what I wish? I wish I had a dad like you.
0: As sad and as serious as this is, I kind of like that it's there. Because it breaks this veneer of Hook's cartoonish evil, and now he's a child killer. Yeah, he killed a kid. And I mean, we're supposed to, it's implied that he's killed many kids before, but we've it hasn't been this direct. And we're seeing it now. and it ramps up the tension for the rest of this fight to the death. This is where Jack, who's been watching this whole ordeal in both amusement and horror at the same time, this is I, this is where Jack says enough. Peter is about to seriously fuck Hook up when Jack comes up to him and says, Dad, I'm sorry, please let's go home. This is too much. And Hook wants his war. Like, Peter has what he wants now. He has his son back. So he picks Jack and Maggie up and starts walking off the boat. Hook is walking after him like, hey, where the fuck do you think you're going? Peter, I swear to you, wherever you go, wherever you are,
1: I vow there will always be daggers bearing notes. I'm James Hook. They will be flung at the doors of your children's children's children. Do you hear me?
0: If you if you don't finish this now, I will kidnap generations of your offspring. Yeah. Your children's children's children.
1: What do you want, old man? Just you. You got me, James Hook.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Peter tells the lost boys to back off, just hooking him this time. I think that's the title of the chapter in the book.
1: Put up your swords, boys. It's hooking me this time. You better die, Peter. To die will be a great adventure. Death is the only adventure you have left.
0: I love this scene. There's all these spark effects when their blades collide. They probably did a lot of practice. Yeah, I know. Hook backs him out onto the dock, and the Lost Boys come in with all these clocks to throw him off his game. He disarms Hook. Literally snatches his wig. (laughs) Wig snatched. He points the sword at Hook like he's about to kill him, but Maggie and Jack just come up to him and tell him, no, Daddy, please don't.
1: Let's go home. Please. He's just a mean old man without a mommy. Yeah, Dad, let's go. You can't hurt us anymore. Bless your child's good form, Jack. After all, what would the world be like without
0: Captain Oak? And Peter tells him to take his ship and go and never return to Neverland. <laughs> He's like, I should kill you! Yeah. I should waste your ass! <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm a human being You're gonna take your ship And go and never return And raise your hand if you're surprised Hook double crosses him Exactly Peter takes his children's hands and starts walking away And Hook, as if he's a character In Assassin's Creed He produces a blade from his sleeve And pins Peter against the crock tower
1: <laughs> Fool's James Hook is never Whenever children say, thus perished Peter Pan.
0: What happens next remains a mystery to me even to this day. Thank you. Thank you for helping me confirm that. Like, Peter grabs his hook, smashes it into the tower, and once hook gets loose, the Kruk Tower appears to become animated all of a sudden? Yeah, no, like, it starts to like fall out yeah the 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 neck starts coming down and the mouth starts opening it's growling and you know it just kind of topples over and we quite literally watch captain hook jump into the crocodile he the- gets off of the ground i want my mommy oh, oh, come on. Come on. supposed to believe that he's just in there it's not a real crocodile obviously not how how did he die hook's just gone but like this is an inanimate object now i know he just disappeared it's a metaphor time finally got him you know what bud you're right So he just disappears oh i love that time finally got him probably oh man I said so the stuffed crocodile murders him I don't know how <laughs> and just like that one of the most epic rivalries in all of literature comes to an end they're rejoicing and they're dancing around that croc I just love the two kids they're like dad it's time <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Maggie are like okay can we go home now You're like please how <laughs> T- much <laughs> tick tock <laughs> me at the store with mom how much longer are we gonna be here <laughs> The Lost Boys are so sad that he has to go. But Peter has to leave somebody in charge. And I, Ross is pumping his fist. He loves this. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He's holding the sword out and going down the line of kids. And he finally stops in front of Thud.
1: I want you to take care of everyone who's smaller than you. Okay. Then who do I look after? Never books.
0: Little ones. You know what I love? What? That was a great game. <laughs> <laughs> he flies off with his kids yeah. and two smalls like that was great. Oh, man. It's so beautiful. And, and, the, and the rest of this movie is beautiful. And I'm probably going to tear until we get to the end. I'm just telling you. Pete wakes up in someone's backyard. <laughs> or, like, I think it's supposed to be in Kensington Gardens. Is where he wakes up? Is he waking up next to a statue of himself? Yeah, he is, because that statue is in Kensington Gardens. Oh my god, he's in the street clothes that he showed up in Neverland. Yeah, what the hell? Like, okay. Like, it's almost, there's this moment where you feel gaslit. Yeah, it's like, did he just jump out the window and like... This never happened? Yeah. Because guess what else is there? A street cleaner that looks like Smee. Yeah. Did Bob Hoskins t- is in a Newsies hat pushing these bottles around. Yeah.
1: Having trouble with the missus? You will have by the time you here. <laughs>
0: it's just Bob Hoskins as himself. I know. This is this is Bob Hoskins playing Bob Hoskins in this scene. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> mate. <might>. Hello. <laughs> trouble last night with the missus? But then Tinkerbell appears. Oh my god. Do you love this or do you love this? It's so sad. I'm pretty sure this is some of Carrie Fisher's work. Oh, really? Yeah, because she's telling Peter goodbye and she says this really beautiful thing to him about how she'll always be with him.
1: You know that place between sleep and awake? That place where you still remember dreaming. That's where I'll always
0: love you. Peter Pan. That's where I'll be waiting. Oh, it's good. Oh, the writing is good. And then she blows up. She does not <laughs> blow up. She just kind of disappears into the sun. She astral projects away. <laughs> Peter has to literally shimmy up a drain pipe to get back into the house. You know, he finds the phone. He finds the cell phone that Moira tossed out the window. Brad, hi. Have you been holding this long? <laughs> he's like telling Brad about everything he's been doing yeah. as he's climbing up the drain pipe. He's like, I gotta climb a drain pipe. Why? Because <laughs> I don't have any more fairy dust. <laughs> Why? He sounds like he's really losing it. He's, you know, if, if I were Brad, I would think that he had a psychotic break. Yeah. Like this land deal fell through and he's just lost touch with reality. We get to the balcony and i get you get this tense moment of oh there he is looking in the window at his family again oh yeah, yeah. and he's like let me in please <laughs> let me in i want to be a family <laughs> let me in please. excuse
1: me do you have an appointment what did i tell you about this window always keep it open oh!
0: and like he walks back in and he's like hi Wendy hi wife Wendy um <laughs> let's mac and gives <laughs> Moira, the deepest kiss. And I she's like, know. where on earth have you been? And, he, and, and then he literally just picks up one of the kids and starts swinging him around. We never talk about where he's been all night. No, we never talk about it. I think it's kind of implied. I think everybody in the room kind of understands because Toodles comes in. And he's like, I missed the adventure again, didn't I? It's like, Toodles. <laughs> Peter returns the sack of marbles that Thud gave him. And like, just... His why? cerebral cortex just perks right up. His happy thoughts are back. Wendy just says that thing about, dear boy, why are you crying? This made me cry. Boy, why are you crying? I don't know. Dear for every happy thought. One for
1: me? One for me? One for me? And one for me! <laughs>
0: Toodles turns that sack upside down and dumps some fairy dust on himself and starts flying out the open window. And everybody's joyous for it. And like, nobody's concerned. He's back to he's going back to Neverland, yeah? You know? yeah. He's like Neverland or bust. And Moira, who is not understanding probably any of it, <laughs> is just like, oh, okay, so it's real. <laughs> like she just goes right along with it. Oh my god. <sighs> and Wendy gives us a great closeout. She says, So. Your adventures are over. Oh no.
1: To live. To live will be an awfully big adventure.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it. I love it (gasps) so much. You know what you know what kind of makes the film What? It's not it's not just it's not just the acting. I think it's mostly the music. Oh, it makes you wanna fly. Like John John hit the Home Run John. Home, home Run, run John. John! Oh, Home Run John! Absolutely. I love it! Like, it just, it's beautiful. It's, it's just such a beautiful film. You had said that it might be your favorite movie. It might be my favorite movie because there has never been an actor who is more important to me than Robin Williams is. This movie would have been so completely different if any of the other actors who were approached for Peter Pan had ended up doing the movie. This was a perfect cross-section of two things I desperately loved. Especially since this is one of the first projects Robin Williams ever did where he interacted with kids. And the way he just fits in with all of them. He literally starred in this movie and flew into my heart. And that's where he stayed. There has never been a story that resonates quite like the story of Peter Pan. And then this movie... Is such a beautiful extension of the story that forces you to kind of answer some of these questions. Mm-hmm. What if Peter Pan grows up? What does he lose? That's what this whole movie's about for me. This is, this is how this is the movie that taught me not to grow up. I mean, I don't mean to get all Ally Sheedy on you. When you grow up, your heart dies. Who cares? <laughs> like I don't mean to be like that about it, but. As you grow up, you lose your sense of adventure, you lose your sense of imagination, you become bogged down in trying to adult and own the world because that's what you're told you're supposed to do. You lose so many things that allow you to be happy when you forget what it's like to be a child. The movie makes it plain to even a child what can happen when children grow up. You know, they get busy and they lose sight of what's important. This movie impressed upon me how important it was that you don't lose that part of yourself. Are you crying? Yeah. Oh, honey. You, you got to me with the whole forgetting what it's like. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you cry. No, you made, me, you made me really tear up there for a second. I guess that what the film itself is a reminder of, like how I felt watching it as a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. It hits different as an adult. You you notice, you notice things you never thought about as a kid
1: yeah. from the film.
0: Yeah. And how deep it actually is. I think that it's just as much about Hook as it is Peter. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, obviously it's called Hook, but like I don't want to make you laugh, but kind of like how the Dark Knight is really more about the Joker than it is about Batman. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, and that's another great example of those rivalries, man. There can be no one without the other. And Hook is the antithesis of everything we love about Peter Pan. You know, it, and it was it was also a family movie. Yeah, it was a movie we enjoyed together as a family, and it's one of those movies that I watched with my parents a bunch of times. And that was nice. That was really nice. I think one thing that you made me cry more. <laughs> <laughs> movies were always something that we had together.
1: Yeah, the four
0: of us. We could sit down and watch something. We didn't do a lot together. This was definitely one of the titles that I remember bringing us together. We four. In some ways, I kind of think of movies as our love language, as a family. Now I'm going to barf. <laughs> no, no. don't know. No, no. I mean, hey. Now I'm going to barf. Love languages come in many forms. They do. And like you and I, it's undeniable. We speak in movie quotes. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and, and our dad, our dad's always quick to be like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> yeah. Remember that time John Wayne did this in this movie? And yeah. It was real freaking hilarious. My dad has seen every Western theme piece of television in all of history. <laughs> Gunsmoke. Bonanza. There are others. The Virginian, Wagon Train, like, all of it. (laughs) Every John Wayne movie. And so, yeah, yeah, this has always just been an important piece of our lives. Definitely. You really got me going there for a second. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to make you emotional. Do you know how many times I did this during watching the film? Just sobbing? Like, the combination of, you know, Robin and, like, Maggie and music and, you know those boys. It's all so magical. Yeah, they, they they this this it is. You're right. If I had to sum it up, magical. And I cannot believe that people didn't like this movie when it came out. I can't believe it. Like someone were like, "Oh, this is just something to like, you know, you know to for this is for the boomers. It's trying to appeal to the boomers too much." No, no, dude. This is a staple. It's a it's a Staple-a. This is a pop culture staple. This like, is like the first movie he ever did where he worked with kids, which like his whole childlike nature is his brand. It's iconic. And I think you'd be right in saying it's the movie that makes me miss him the most. Yeah. 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 It really does. Oh. <sighs> We are sappy bitches. I know. I'm sorry. Guys, we are up in this club crying. Oh, Oh my God. I miss him every day, which sounds stupid because I was- You did not know him. I didn't. And he was not- (laughs) But in a way, you did. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people would say that Mm -hmm. about a lot of different people that we've lost over the years in the entertainment industry, but- I don't really think there will ever be anybody else no. whose death hurt me the way his did. I, well there will never be anybody else quite like him. Exactly. And I I love that we get to we get to remember him through his films. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll be having a nice whiskey cocktail in Robin's honor. Absolutely. And uh I encourage everybody to go watch your favorite Robin Williams movie and think about the joy that he brought us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm tired of being sad. Me too. All right, let's get on with it. So for my third birthday choice, I am gonna go with a favorite parody movie of mine. Oh boy, oh boy. Ross has never seen this. Ah, Yeah, it'll be my first time. He's a little apprehensive about it. I mean, it'll be fine. He doesn't even know how much he's gonna love this. I mean, we trusted Arnie Schwartz in Kindergarten Cop. I'll trust him now. Next week we're gonna be doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. Last action hero. So look out for that next week, guys. It's going to be a fun one. It's full of meta movie references. That's why I love it. So it's going to be a fun time. Don't forget, in the meantime, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick N Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. Don't forget, guys, be following, subscribing, leaving reviews. Click around in the links in the show notes this week. Anything else, bud, before we close out the show? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Trans Lives Matter. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Gary. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry mom.